friends. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Today, we're going to have some dynamic thoughts from diverse speakers with a biblical viewpoint. Feel free to stick around and prepare to be blessed. Let's pray. Lord, just thank you. Just thank you that we can be spirit-filled and alert, aware of your work, the move of God in the midst of the devil moving around. Thank you that there's a move of God. And just um, speak to us now. Thank you for each one here, those that are online listening. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, Psalm chapter 2. Psalm chapter 2. And I've been thinking about this chapter for a couple of days. Isn't it funny when God puts a verse on your heart and you're like, okay, you know, is this for me? Is this for someone else? And um, is this definition about what's going on? And so I felt like it was all of those because obviously God is speaking to us first, isn't he? Right? He's speaking to us first. So we don't preach at people. We, we kind of share God's heart that he's shared with us. Isn't that such a ministry? It really is. So Psalm chapter 2, uh, it, it's a, I don't know, the first couple verses really strike me because... Um, and I'll try not to, um, what's the word? Uh, I'll try to, yeah, we'll just keep it Bible-centered. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. <laughs> All right. So verse 1, the whole chapter, the, it asks an interesting question. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Okay, He that sitteth in heaven shall laugh and the Lord shall have them in a derision. Then shall they speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in sore displeasure. Yet have I set my yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, and this day I have begotten me. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for your inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. And then it goes into um, just the authority that we have as we have this mindset, we can ask God and he'll give the heathen for our inheritance. So I want to kind of focus a little bit on the first half here. Why do the heathen rage? There's a lot of raging going on. There's a lot of inflammatory talk. Inflammatory talk. There's a lot of anger, a lot of people expressing a lot of emotion. And this question is, why do they rage? And... I want to answer that question a little bit, but we can know based in context the heathen are raging because they're not living in Psalm 1, right? Psalm 1 is all about delighting in the Lord, having the Word be their meditation. But just a couple of uh, reasons I'd like to go into today, because really when we, when we hear about rage, it's just like, it's really an inner cry. It's an inner uh, expression of pain that people are reacting or blaming or deflecting uh, their pain onto something 
and they're, as they say, there's like a soapbox. You're putting yourself up on a soapbox and you're trying to, you know, get behind something to really justify either yourself or you're having some sort of uh, platform to communicate uh, justice or, uh, but, but really, why is it that the heathen rage? Why? Well, I really think, first and foremost, it's because they're unsaved, right? Imagine that when we're unsaved, we had no savior. We had no place to go with our pain. We had no place to go with our troubles. We had no place to go. We were dead in Ephesians 2, 1. We were dead. So rage or this explosion, the inner, this inner explosion is happening because they have no place to put their pain. And so therefore, they're just like, they're reacting on, any, on anything to uh, alleviate the pain. Why do the heathen rage? And why do the people imagine a vain thing? It's because that's what they're full of. There's nothing else for them to think about. There's nothing else for them to live for because they don't know God. So that's the obvious one, right? We know that the Lord has blinded, I mean, the devil has blinded their eyes and they, they are disconnected from the life of Christ. So in one sense, we have to understand where the heathen are. This is why we go with a spirit of compassion and we have a, a ministry of healing, right? You and I have a ministry of healing. It doesn't matter what title I have in front of my name. If we're believers and spirit-filled, we have a... Uh, ministry of reconciliation to God, and that's where the healing happens. Otherwise, in Mark 9, the, the blind lead the blind, and they both fall in the pit. So they're raging lunatics that end up in the pit. Isn't that nice? <laughs> uh, and I don't know, I'm stirred up about our world because they, there is no cure for, for us outside of Jesus Christ. And so the raging will keep getting louder and more intense and more um, destructive. Why? Because it's an inner issue. It's an inner issue. And this is why the vacuum of churches being closed and people doing what they're doing because they have no place to be reconciled to God or there's no preacher that's preaching to them or there's no pursuing person that is loving them. This is why it's so amazing that Jesus is asking is saying here in 2:8, ask of me, ask of me and I will give those people to you. I'll give you those people. So that they can stop raging, they can stop um, living their life without the influence of the spirit. Uh, isn't that interesting? That's an interesting thought, isn't it? And uh, I think that really kind of defines our culture, defines what's going on in, in our streets, because it's much more than um, a president. It's much more than um, injustices. And it, those are, you know, we're not making light of those things at all, but it's more than that. Our, everything in our life is directly related to our, our walk with God. So in John 8, 44, the heathen, their father's the devil. So therefore, the devil loves the raging. He loves the confusion in 1440 of Corinthians. He loves, uh, uh, he loves the disruption, the division, um, and then creating order out of that. 
Uh, he, that's his specialty, isn't it? It really is. The second thing I, I, I see with heathen raging, and this, this, this will get edifying in a minute, I hope, uh, is that people are interested in self-esteem rather than self-identity. That's a big one. Okay, first, so I think first, they're unsaved. They're not, they're not living in Psalm 1, 1 through 3. But secondly, I think they're all about their image. Not their image according to Christ in Genesis 1.27, but their self-esteem, how they feel about themselves. I mean, have you talked to somebody and you can just see that they are, they're all about themselves, right? It's all about what they think, what they should happen, what, you know, what happened to them and why this is not fair. And the central is self-orientation, right? It's self-esteem. Like, I got to feel good. I want to, I want to be validated. I want someone to um, agree with me. You know, it's so interesting. You, and it's funny in our world on television, you see this people with picket signs about different things. And I saw one reporter, he asked the person, so what do you believe about this, this, and this? And the guy said, I'm paid to be here. I have no idea what the incident is, and I have no opinion. So I was like, okay, all right. So we got, uh, we got <laughs> that says a lot right there, but we're in, it's, we're in such a charged atmosphere. It's, and it's, it's, a, it's the inner cry of the heart that the issue is. So if I'm a Christian trying to address behavioralisms, or if I'm trying to address a kingdom without a kingdom, then guess what? We're going to be rolled over. We're going to be rolled over, and we'll be caught up in the rage. It's interesting about rages. An angry person, when they're raging, they're out of control. Their ears are off. They are uh, caught up in their, in their issue, in their cause. And they're not thinking. They're just spewing out subjective uh, subjectivity. So when you try to rationalize with someone that is irrational, guess what? You can't. You can't. They're charged. There's a supernatural charge. And we're seeing that. We're seeing this mob mentality. We're seeing all these uh, strange things. And it's, there's a lot of demonic activity. <laughs> so... Self-esteem. Where, where? I don't. I hope I'm not getting political here. I'm just. This is all my heart. Yeah, it's all my heart to say this because we have such wisdom. We're the. We're the sharp end of the spear. We address these things with a kingdom. I'm not here to make people feel good. I mean, if someone's out there trying to feel good, well, you, know, you might feel good for about two seconds, and then, and, and then. But it's identity. I derive my identity, my grace identity, from who Christ says that I am, and therefore that dictates to my feelings. That dictates to my brokenness. That dictates to my rage, right? Right? Does that make sense? So important. So important. So, uh, you know, our message today is uh, not entitlement and self-esteem. It's actually identity. Who does Christ says that I am? Because I don't want to know how I think about myself. You know, I don't want to know that. I had a great conversation with Brandon yesterday, one of those edifying guys on the planet right over there. And it's like, it's amazing. That pulls us out of anything, you know, because rage is just, it's like spewing. It's like the asp in Romans 3 we've been talking about, right? The asp is spitting out poison, you know? And it's like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, it's not about me. Isn't that good? It's not about me. Okay, that's number one. 
<laughs> when it's not about me, it becomes about God. Therefore, it's who God says that I am. It's not what the devil says that we are or what uh, subjective interpretation that's going on. Uh, you know, personal interpretation. We've got to be so careful of that. Even the Bible, you know, what Jesus says objectively is reflected in his nature. Uh, and not reflected my cultural mood at the moment, right? You know, Christ is not popular, uh, or or maybe Christ's words are, are um, uh, maybe will be called hate speech at one point. It's like we have to understand why does the heathen rage? Well, it's because they're in a, they're they're of another kingdom. They're of totally, but they're. I don't want to treat them like an enemy, though. Like my point today is, it's a cry of the heart, like. Like Woot Horn used to sing a song, O Lamb of God, laughter hides the silent cries that only Jesus hears. So it's like if someone is like blowing up like Mount Rushmore or, or Mount St. Helen in front of you, it's like we have to say, okay, Lord, what's the cry of that heart? Like we have to navigate around all the deflective uh, bounce, you, ever, you, know, you know, the bouncing Betty, that mind, right? You step on a bouncing Betty, what happens? Well, you don't really know what happens because you're gone, but but what happens to a bouncing Betty, the mind? What happens? Anybody know? It explodes, yeah. And there's something a little more than that, but yeah, that's the short of it. It explodes and it sends shrapnel up and out. So not only does it explode, but you're shredded in the same in the same moment. Sorry about that if you're eating. <laughs> but this is what happens in <laughs> okay, we're going to buy a couple of bouncing Bettys for Joe over there, okay? No. But this is what happens when the heathen rage. Hurt people hurt people. That's the bottom line. So it's like we have a ministry of healing that says, listen, I hear you. God loves you. I want to hear your story. Let's go to someone that can do something about it. Let's not shred everybody that you're talking to. And your raging is only going to wear you out. It's only going to wear you out, right? Let's come to God, and God will give you what we desperately need, and that's himself. The third thing why the heathen rage, and this list could be tremendously long, but I feel like uh, these three things were in my mind, uh, in my heart. The third thing why the heathen rage is because of a generational curse. I think a lot of people, they are uh, victims of a generational curse that they have not identified. That can happen in a believer's life, but I'm specifically speaking about an unbeliever's life. And until they come to Christ, there is no transformation, there is no turning. And in Ephesians 2, one, let's just look at that for a minute. Uh, I love this. So, like, it's good to know, because we can get caught up in the rage, we're like, we can kind of like try to correct. We can kind of like, you know, you shouldn't be doing that or, or you know, we can kind of get into risk management and, and that's just not a way a Christian is going to be effective if you're going to live in risk management, right? What I mean by that is you're assessing risk, kind of determining if you should enter in depending on self-preservation. No, risk management uh, you will do less if you live in risk management. Where faith is, if God's led me, I'm, go I'm all in. I'm 110%, and I could care less, actually, what the risk is. If God's led us, if God's 
leading, and God will be faithful to, to, uh, to give what's needed. <laughs> Sight or natural thinking is about risk management, right? Can I afford it? You know, the pro and cons, which we all, I, I find myself, you know, how will this benefit me? And risk management, right? Or can I afford this? Or is this a popular thing? Or just this rationalization, risk management. Other, other than faith, faith is, okay, God is with me. God is leading. I sense his presence. There's peace, power, and provision. And therefore, uh, God will get the glory. That's a much better way to live, okay? Um, but the heathen rage... You ever been near a raging person? It's not fun. It's not good, is it? Like the woman builds her house and then tears it down, right? At, in the same moment. Like, what is that? It's because something, an un, something unresolved in our life that we have not given to Christ. And God will say, if, if you don't give it to me, that'll be the thing that leads you away from me, right? Why do the heathen rage? Why do the heathen rage? And why do the people imagine a vain thing? It's almost like they see something, say something, act as though something is real, and it's totally false. Welcome to the United States of America in the last six months, right? In our world, really. But, but we're not here to fix people, but we have a ministry of healing, and that's what I want to spend the last few minutes with. But look, look, look in Ephesians 2. How you doing so far? You all right? You still with me? Still back there with a the bouncing Betty? Okay, good. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world. See, there's the raging, right? You ever been someone that all they do is complain? All they do is like, oh, you know, oh, you know, it's like you just feel like you want to wallow in the mud with them. You know, it's like. You know, it's like the course of this world is like depravity. It's, it's, it's hopelessness, you know. But I love this. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit which now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom we all had our conversation in time past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. So this is, the, this is the sad thing about an unbeliever, and this is why we go, this is why we speak by faith, this is why we pray. Lord, give us these people. Give us these people, because their alternative, their, their end game is hell. It's, it's, it's hell. But the devil has blinded their minds, uh, and, but, but when you step in, when I step in, we could be part of that ministry of breaking the generational curse. Like, what's the generational curse? It's in the bloodline, sin in the bloodline, right? Leviticus 17, 11. It's sin is passed down. Habits are passed down. Uh, you look at a cute little baby like Naomi over there, cutest baby on the planet, right? She's a sinner. Sorry, Brandon. I agree. Okay. <laughs> um, like, nobody teaches them how to be a sinner, right? It, it's, it's in our nature. It's in our nature. So when you and I come and the person is raging, maybe they're not exploding externally, but they're certainly imploding internally, for sure. Fear, anxiety, all of these things are their implosions inside. So when you and I come with a word of life, what happens? 
hey, there's, there's another way. There's, there's a place to take your pain. You don't have to rage anymore. You can now respond to God. You can now relate to God. You can now receive the love of God. And you can now live in a grace identity. All right? And I love this in verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy. See, there, there's the, there's the uh, interception, right? We're, interce- we're interceding and then intercepting, right, people and saying, listen, there's another foundation. There's another spirit. There's another way. And it's God in his mercy. Uh, we said this in our class recently from mercy, grace, and a brand new heart. He said, Jesus died to give us mercy, but he lives to give us, to impart grace. He dies to give us mercy, taking away what we deserve, but he lives to impart grace. So today, my conversation as a believer is, is, is not to make the world right, or to save the world according to my definition of that, but it's to preach Christ. It's healing. It's the healing life of Jesus, a ministry of healing, right? Forgiveness it is mercy, grace. It's that you can have, you can be delivered from yourself. It's not good. But God who's rich in mercy for in his great love, wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, had to quicken us together with Christ by grace are you saved? And he hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come he might show his exceeding riches of grace in kindness towards us through Christ. Now, the devil loves to charge an atmosphere, doesn't he? And Jesus says, take control of the atmosphere. You know, and how do you do that? Well, Jesus addressed every satanic expression with the word of God. What, what a provision we have, right? So, what am I saying today? There's an inner cry. God, I want to hear people's inner cry. Like, what are they really saying? Um, you know, reading between the lines, right? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, people may say something, but they may mean something totally different. As husbands... God shows us what our wife really needs, right? And as wives, I pray that God gives you extra doses of mercy for the husbands, right? Because <laughs> as we're raging in the house... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Why do the heathen rage? They don't have to rage, but they're raging because they're disconnected from the only thing that will set them at peace with God. So just encourage us today... Isn't this encouraging? Yeah. It's like, wow, Lord, we want to see them saved. Wow, we want them to really understand the grace identity. We're everything that God says that we are, nothing that the devil says we are. And then the generational curse. It's amazing. We're not our past. We're not our sin. And we can be delivered in a moment by a word as we believe in faith. And then Psalm 1, we prosper in all our ways. In Psalm 1, we go deep. In Psalm 1, 1 through 3, we delight and we're transformed. Amen. 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 So any any ragers out here today? God bless you. Hopefully this will help you. Father, thank you today. We just really ask for our country. 
We really pray as believers that we would understand our authority that we have in prayer, the authority that we have in the Word of God, the authority that we have as we enter a situation, not to become like the spirit of the situation, but to introduce another spirit. God, help us. Give us boldness. Give us wisdom, wise as serpents, innocent as doves. And give us, um, we don't want to live in risk management. Help us to respond in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Your feedback is always welcome.